This is a Capricorn FM podcast. Uh, four minutes after seven o'clock in progressive talk. Let's look at the two issues of interest, legally speaking, in the country that we have seen. So there's the Bushiri matter having skipped the country, relocated temporarily, in quote, to Malawi. And there is the former president, Jacob Zuma, asking the presiding officer at the Zondo Commission, the State Capture Commission, to recuse himself. Let's start with the Bushiri matter. We're talking to legal expert, that is Advocate Sidwell Sekwari. Good evening and welcome to Progressive Talk. Uh, good, evening, good, good evening, evening, Mr. Chowdhury and your listeners. Good evening, indeed. Well, talk to us about uh, what we have seen the developments up to so far. So, where we are now, we understand the the, the state has um, a, 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 a gotten a warrant of arrest. Have Bushiri has forfeited his bail application. What therefore ensues after that? Now, what normally will ensue from now is that uh, the state has obtained the warrant of arrest that is already common knowledge now, and the bail has been forfeited. Then Bushiri is expected to appear in court on Thursday, where he will explain himself. But in the event he doesn't appear in court, then the, the bail money and the, and the house bond, which was the bail bond, part of the house which was the bail bond, mm. will be forfeited to the state. And then the next step now will be to bring him to court, to force him to come to court. Now that we know he's outside the country, the only way to force him to come to court is through extradition process. That means that the Justice Department of the Southern Government will make a formal request to the Malawian government for mm. his extradition. And then the matter will then be heard, will be heard in the courts in Malawi. The application for extradition will be heard by the Malawian courts mm-hmm. and the Malawian court will make a, a ruling whether to extradite him or to refuse to extradite him or to extradite him with certain conditions, whatever way it will go. And, and if, 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 if Bishop is not happy with the ruling of the Malawi court, mm. hopefully he may appeal it through the Malawian legal system until he exhausts all the legal remedies there in Malawi. And Ultimately, if he loses, then he will be extradited. And there's an agreement between South Africa and Malawi to help each other on legal matters such as this? Yes, there's an agreement within the SADC region, mm. all countries in the Southern African uh, uh, Development Community. All, I think it, there are about 14 countries. There's yeah. an agreement. Only one country, I think Zambia, has not yet ratified the agreement, but between South Africa and Malawi, the agreement is intact, it's there. Mm. then there will be no problem. Unlike Dubai, where the agreement was not yet properly crafted. But between Malawi and South Africa, the agreement is there. Bushiri, as we understand, had instructed his legal team to interdict the forfeiting of the bail, uh, of his bail. And what implication would that have? That process, should it kickstart, not even considering, well, what what are the possibilities? Possibilities that he may win or not, but what implications can that have? Legally speaking, uh, technically, yes, they, they may not interdict it, but they may delay it. Mm. If ever they were able, let's say on Thursday, they are able to go to court, present a sound argument to the court as to why the client is not in court. The, the bail will be, will be forfeited. A warrant of his arrest, which has already been issued, may be suspended. That is, that, that is technically possible. But given the circumstance of this case, they, with respect, they stand a very little chance of of, of success because mm. the, the circumstances under which they will seek interdict are not 
the normal circumstance under which the courts will normally agree to stay the warrant. You remember in the case of, of the former Prophet Jacob Zuma when he failed to appear mm. in court in his trial, I think somewhere early this year or last year, yes. where the court issued a warrant for his arrest because the court was not satisfied with the manner, with the explanation of his uh, ill health. Until he will come and, and, and explain himself properly. Mm. But in the Bushiri matter, that scenario is absolutely unlikely. Therefore, in my view, there stand no chance of that, of interdicting the warrant. Is it, a foregone, is it a foregone conclusion that the fact that he has left the country has contravened conditions of his bail and that of its own, at the very least, it is one charge that will stick? Yes, the, 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 the first charge will be he contravened his bail. Number one, he contravened the bail by failing to report at the police station mm. on Friday. Mm. Secondly, he contravened the bail condition by skipping the country and absconding and fail to report today, probably. And if he may fail to appear in court on, 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 on Thursday, mm. then there will be four acts of contravention of the bail condition, which are which are already known. Then those are the foregone conclusions, which normally they will uh, lead for his bail to be to be to be forfeited. He will not necessarily face a new charge mm. for contravening a bail condition. It's not necessarily what may what may amount to a new charge is the is is leaving the country without documentation. Mm. Because to our knowledge he has handed over his passport mm. unless if he was leaving another passport mm. from mm. another country which was not handed over to the to the NPA. But uh, failure to report on its own does not amount to a new charge. It amounts the penalty for that is the forfeiture of the date. Okay. But skipping and the country illegally, that's an immigration offense which may attract an additional charge. He had conditions that he said he would come back under. Are these conditions, in your view, that uh, could be negotiated and met by any legal system, uh, let alone ours? No. Uh, uh, those conditions which he put, they are not negotiable conditions, they are not found. You don't put those conditions. I mean, those conditions, you look at the conditions. Let's say the first condition, the problem is that it was his security. He said his security was at stake. Then he could have reported that to the police and have the police investigate that and they could have even put him on the witness protection program or whatever protection program which they have mm. if it reached that level. Uh, you can't put that as a condition to skip the country or to or to to violate the bail condition. Okay. Those conditions that you will not get a fair trial in South Africa, you want the government to intervene. One thing you must understand is that uh, in South Africa we have what we call a separation of power between the executive judiciary and the the legislature. The executive as government cannot interfere in the matters of the judiciary. They cannot influence the court as to how which kind of court orders must be made by the court in order to suit a particular suspect or a particular accused, then mm. those conditions are, are, are not implementable okay. in terms of our legal system. I want us to talk about one other legal issue that we're looking at in the country, the Zondo Commission on the State Capture Inquiry. There, the former president, Jacob Zuma, requested that the Chief Justice, Deputy Chief Justice, recuse himself. And we've had the rebuttal, of course, from the side of the commission. What is your take on the two arguments presented by the two parties? 
Uh, I, I've listened to the argument attentively. I've listened to Ms. Kakana as presenting the argument. Uh, the, the commission will make a ruling tomorrow. Then uh, we should be worried about uh, the sub principle where we should not preempt the ruling which the Chief Justice will make. But from listening to the kinds of argument which was which was which was submitted, I I doubt if the Chief Justice will recuse himself. Remember, when you become a judge, you take an oath that you are going to be fair and impartial in, and and you will be answerable to the Constitution in the manner in which you will deal with matters. Then the 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 former team, in my view, failed to show that the chief justice will be biased mm. fail to show that it's not a question of it's not a question of suspicion i think the argument by the by the commission's counsel advocate tutorials to the effect that uh, the applicants missed the test mm. i think it has got some merits in that uh, it's not a question of suspicion of bias that the test has been put a little bit higher you must demonstrate that this judge who has taken an oath to be impartial and to be fair under this circumstance, he will act contrary to the oath of office which he take, which he took. I I I, I sympathise with Advocate Stakana on the fact that this commission, where we put one person as a commissioner in a commission of this magnitude, is something which may create a problem for many other reasons. Mm. Uh, and the fact that because he's a single commissioner, he can't be recused, then as argued by the commission's representative. I think that argument as well doesn't hold much merit. Okay. Uh, if reasons for recusal are there, he yeah. can be recused, but I don't see that. If, he, if the Deputy Chief Justice does not recuse himself, what are the options that are available to the Zuma representatives? Number one, they may proceed with the matter. They may take the witness stand and lead evidence exercise whatever right they have, either to remain silent, either to refuse to answer questions which are problematic or which may lead to self-incrimination. Number two, they may opt to review the decision of the the Deputy Chief Justice at the High Court on the basis of uh, irrationality or that he didn't apply his mind Mm. or any of the the grounds of review that he didn't consider material uh, effects or he considered irrelevant facts any of those grounds of review. If they take the review option, uh, it may delay so much evidence for some time because mm. they will have to go to the high court. If they win, it's okay. If they don't succeed, yeah. they, may re- they may appeal further and so on. That may, what that do you make of, of this suggestion that the it was in a form of a question that the t- Deputy Chief Justice had that uh, can it be considered that you put in your evidence and therefore you challenge it and put your concerns later. And what could possibly happen is should the courts or whoever agrees with you, your evidence and whatever the the, the judgment that pertains to you, the ruling that pertains to you can be struck off. What what is your take on that? Yeah, that is one of the options which which is there. But for a politician like uh, the former president and the, the way that his evidence it may cause some public perception about him or either positive or negative. He may not like to take that chance, but uh, it is it is quite a one of the of the options which may be there. But uh, I doubt if in, in this circumstance mm. the smart president may take that option because that will require him to testify 
give you session, probably get cross-examined if need be, and then the public will, will then have full knowledge and will have heard what he, he has to say. And the public will judge him in the court of public opinion. And that is what I believe he may try to avoid. Okay. That's why he may rather opt to go for the review right. a, a prior rather than to go after the fact. All right. Thank you very much, Advocate. Good evening to you. Thank you, Graham Live. A wonderful evening. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit capricornfm.co.za.